Yes, indeed. Good morning and welcome wherever you are in the world to the war. Father God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Son of the living God, Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. We thank you that you are the way, the only way in, that there is no uh, other door, no back door to Jesus Christ, to heaven, to eternal life, to the uh, reconciliation with the Father. And I thank you, Lord, for the truth that sets us free. I thank you today for those who are struggling in in their situations, Lord God, that you will be their comfort. You will be their way of escape. You will bring them hope, Lord, from the sanctuary. Lord, you know that the days are very difficult for your people. And even if they were easy days, they'd be hard days because we're separated from you. So I pray that you would help us these days and with this kind of stress that we're going to be talking about today, that you would help us, Lord God, to walk in the place of peace and free from anxiety. We bind the strong men, the familiar spirits, those who hold assignment over our life and act as if they've got us when they don't. We belong to you, Lord God. And so we ask that you tuck us into the safety of the palm of your hand, that we would feel your peace and sense your presence and hear and receive your strength, your encouragement, your words, that we would speak to ourselves the words of truth according to your word, that no weapon formed against us will prosper this day or in any day, that the words, the weapons, the assaults, the, uh, the subtle attacks of the enemy, the work of the thief to steal, kill, and destroy would be stopped, that you'd put your hand out, Lord God, and say, no, you, you cannot touch his body. No, you cannot take her life, Father God, that you would encourage each one today, Lord God. And we ask these things now in Jesus' name and ask for your wisdom, Lord God, as we uh, endeavor to speak your words and your encouragement. Amen. Amen. Well, stress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pressure. You know, you hear so much about stress and de-stressing and re-stressing and and the pressures pressures Mm -hmm. of life. Well, how do we handle stress? It is. I mean, it's a big big issue in our society is there's just, it seems like there's more and more pressure upon people just in general. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. Well, I think part of that is, you know, just that it seems like, Everybody has so much to do, and the amount of time to do it is is decreasing. It, it says in the last days that um, time would speed up, so to speak, and I really sense that in my own life, our lives. That there's, and I think part of the reason is because we're so overwhelmed with there's many many things, and you know, even now in our society, where in the olden days. They didn't have all the paperwork and the bureaucracies and the hoops and loops and red tape and junk to jump through. They just could live their life, you know, plant their gardens, eat their food, you know, um, brush their cow and go to bed. Nowadays, we've just got every demand and all kinds of news that feeds constant anxiety into our systems. And that's why when people, you know, listen to the news at night before they go to bed, it's probably not a good idea. It's but not, not a good idea. Yeah. But, but you think of, you think of the, just the pressures. You just think of a... Uh, a family with uh, two or three kids, two, two four or three, kids. you know, ki- preschool kids or something. Yeah. Uh, you just think of job pressures. There's more. There's you know downsizing in a lot of companies. There's yeah. And there's mergers. Well, you know, there's downsizing, which means the people that are left have to do more. 
uh, than they did before. Yeah, and there's diseases and there's um, health issues uh, and strange new viruses and strains of this and that and, and many, many physical uh, afflictions upon the people, to, uh, medical issues and money issues. Money issues and pressures to succeed in your, so in, how in are your we, profession, in yeah. sports. So we don't have to really, well, really teach people you, you much know. about stress. I think we're already there. But how All do we of handle us. it? Yeah, how do we handle that's stress? That's a good point and, and question. The, of course, the best way to look at how to handle something is look at how Jesus handled stuff. Yeah. And so, of course, he was God, you know. That's the well, big yeah, but comeback he was, line. He was tempted in all ways Points like as we, ex- yeah. yet mm-hmm. without sin. sin. Yeah. So it, we're looking in the book of Mark, tap, chapter uh, 14 today, uh, starting with verse 32. And when they came to a place, uh, then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane. And he said, here, sit here. He said, said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. So he came to this place. A place a Gethsemane, and because we've heard about Gethsemane, it's the it's the garden. It's like a garden. I don't know what kind of garden it was. Olive Flowers garden, or I think. Rock, but there were olives right Olive there, Grove. Mm-hmm. and it was right there on the east edge of Jerusalem, right near the Mount of Olives. And the word Gethsemane means oil press. Mm-hmm. So very likely it would could have been the place where they would press and crush the olives. Mm-hmm. Uh, olive to oil. make olive oil. Yeah, yeah. And so, but Jesus, this was a a favorite place of Jesus and his disciples to go just to a little R and R, but it, the, was, place oh of, the place of refreshing uh, for Jesus and his disciples became a place of crushing. Yeah, yeah. in this time right. Well, here. it's interesting too that it says a place where um, uh, it means a place of crushing, but it wasn't the the word Gethsemane itself means self means oil, oil press. press. So oil was pressed out of these olives, and we get olive oil. But Jesus Christ was going to be pressed, his life was going to be pressed so that the oil of joy, the, the oil of the Holy Spirit could be put in our lamps. It was a very um, powerful, I mean, it's so real and so spiritually uh, imperative that this happened. And and yet there was little little understanding. In just a verse or so previous to what you just read, Jesus says... Um, He's telling them about, they sang a hymn. They went out to the Mount of Olives. Verse 27, Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. So, you know, when the shepherd is in trouble, the sheep are in trouble. And so he was just trying to tell them that you guys have no protection, no covering, uh, except the shepherd and I am the shepherd. And so he was warning them, to um, realize that there was going to be an, a strike against them as well. Jesus, his whole life from right, from before, I mean, it's a march to the cross. Yeah, it is. It's for, a march. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a march, march to the cross. That's the focal point. And so, but at the Passover, what we know of as the Last Supper, mm-hmm. we where he basically shifted, he transitioned the Passover into what we know of as the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Trans referring the old covenant, mm-hmm. blending it, merging it, uh, uh, revising it into the new covenant. But that at time too, Jesus talked to he was being betrayed by Judas. Mm-hmm. Yep, right. stressed there. So one of his friends, so, you know, when your one best his, friend yeah. betrays you, some of you have experienced that, maybe a husband or a wife or a best mm-hmm. friend that's be- betrayed you. And then he said, Peter, 
you're going to deny me. And mm-hmm. Peter says, oh, no, no, not mm-hmm. me. I mean, I'm, I'm the loyal one. I'm, I'm the, you can count on me. And, uh, but he said, well, it's going to happen. Before the rooster crows, before yeah, given this night, before times. the rooster crows, you, twice you will deny me three times. And the thing is, we live in a place of denial, obviously, is what they are doing there. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. Oh, no, that's not going to happen. And yet, in, in, in some ways, I think they did hear it. Jesus was warning them. But the other thing, the other side of that coin is, okay, this is slated to happen. This is going to happen. This is, this is not something we can avoid by being clever or do something different. This is happening. It's like you can't stop it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things in our lives are like that too. It's, it's, you can try to be wise. You can try to avoid it. You can try to you know, save for a rainy day, so to speak. But there are certain things that are on the schedule that are going to happen to us that we have no real um, power to cleverly avert. We're just going to have to walk through it. And, and that's the key to uh, conversion, refining, be, walking through these things um, with the, the peace, the strength, the wisdom of God is the goal. So, you know, there's the general stresses, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, Peter. But the general stresses of life just on earth, okay? Um, well, let's maybe let's jump into this. A little bit. Let's just jump into this. I, I, uh, well, go ahead, honey. You've we're got we're a plan jump here. Into Go this, forward. But, but we're gonna let's look at some responses to stress mm-hmm. first of all. Uh, in uh, among the children of Israel, uh, in First Corinthians chapter ten, they were under a lot of uh, stress. Uh, it, it, you know, in the Amplified Bible, in First Corinthians ten, thirteen. Uh, yeah. Well. Go for it. First Corinthians yeah. ten. We're gonna, we're not going to get to that quite yet, but okay. um, they were all baptized unto Moses, ancient Israel. The God's presence had gone before them. They went through the Red Sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, they received the the law of Moses, and uh, they had supernatural uh, food, the manna. Mm-hmm. They had supernatural drink, uh, and everything. And this presence was there. Uh, verse five. Of 1 Corinthians 10, nevertheless, God was not pleased with the great majority of them. Now, this is God's people, right? Mm-hmm. For they were overthrown and strewn down along the ground in the wilderness. Now, these things are examples, warnings, and admonitions for us. Verse 6, 1 Corinthians 10, not to desire or crave or covet or lust after evil and carnal things as they did. Do not be worshipers of false gods as some of them were. And the people sat down to eat and drink the sacrifices offered to the golden calf mm-hmm. at Horeb and rose to sport, to dance, and to give way to jesting and hilarity. So there's the, there's this escape. There's idolatry. There's... Um, well, think of where they'd come foolishness, from. Foolishness, silly. Just think, just they're they're, they're the, coming out of a place. Of huge the, stress. 430 years they were in Egypt. Now, in bondage, it, what, what happened, enslaved. Probably not enslaved the first at first when Jacob and his family came, but then gradually they got more. Mm-hmm. So you got generations, many generations uh-huh. of, of slavery, of oppression. Slave, okay. They have a slave mentality in some they ways. They have a slave mentality. And yet, too, as they were being released slowly through the conversations between Moses and Pharaoh, 
um, and the this, the uh, plagues and things, they had to start to begin to be renewed in their understanding of the God who had come to rescue them because they were used to magic and they were used to signs and wonders because the magicians of Egypt could do a lot of those things. And so they had to be reintroduced to the God of Jacob, Isaac, and Abraham. And so when they were, were you know, being pulled out of their lifestyle of slavery and impoverishment and and stress and and pain they they got to the place of the red sea when they got to the place of the red sea there was a real crisis because they had to now decide you know are we going to die here is god going to really come through or is he going to just has he tricked us to get out into the desert to kill us because he's some horrible god just like the heathen gods well, they were under a freak-out mode, and Moses lifted up his rod, and the ocean, the, the sea, the Red Sea opened up, and they were able to walk through it. But you can imagine the Im- Im- incredible drain on their faith, and their, you know, is God going to do this? Is he not going to do this? But when they saw the great miracle, and it says they were baptized, too, into the, into the uh, through the Red Sea, they were baptized in the cloud and in the sea, so they were actually coming out of it's just like that baptism that we uh, that the Lord said uh, uh, repent um, for the kingdom of heaven, heaven is at hand be, be mm-hmm. baptized yeah we were baptized into a new life we're bapt- we were dying to the old yes. and coming into the new they were coming into a new life but in this first challenge they had of free time actually it was free time because Moses was up on the mountain for forty days. And they had all this free time on their hands. So what did they? What were they tempted to do? Is it God had made this mighty move uh, to pull them through the Red Sea, uh, kill their enemies, drown the chariots, and now they are, you know, out in their first couple of days of freedom. And Moses, the shepherd of this of this flock, is gone for forty days, and the the sheep begin to be scattered. They begin to be attacked because. They didn't know what to do with their free time. And I think that's where a lot of people get in trouble, too, is they don't know what to do with their free time. And so they end up doing things that are very unprofitable and de- deadly, destructive. Well, what they did here, they they indulge in uh, immorality, mm-hmm. sexual immorality, and, and they were they were punished. They brought this upon themselves. 23,000 people died in one day as a result of their immorality. Wasn't that when Moses said, who's on my side in the red? Uh, yeah, in Numbers 25, 1 through 18, if you want to look that up. But we should not tempt the Lord, try his patience. Verse 9, again from the Amplified Bible, 1 Corinthians 10, become a trial to him, critically appraise him, exploit his goodness, as some of them did. Mm-hmm. They were just tempting him, testing him. Uh, they say, hey, are you going to take care of us or what? You know, they were in a, what's the wrong end? And they were killed by poisonous serpents. Nor- can I can I say something about the poisonous serpents just before you continue? Yeah. It's it, the the serpent showed up in the Garden of Eden to tempt Adam and Eve, and he was a talking, walking snake. But now he's been relegated to creeping and crawling on the ground and and eating dust. But nonetheless, isn't it interesting that they were destroyed by serpents? They weren't destroyed by uh, birds or vultures or wolves or any serpents. The snake is again showing up in this moment of rebellion, just like he did in the garden. And so they are, um, you know, it, it is kind for kind. It's a blow for blow. Um, the, the enemy got to make his move. God had just made his move in the crossing of the Red Sea. 
And now Satan is making his move. And you will see this over and over and over in your own personal life. How God will make a move. Things will break through a little bit anyway. You'll, you'll have a good day. And then, bang, the next day, the next minute, whatever it is, you'll see Satan just moving in like a cloud, like a flood, like a horde of whatever to 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 take back, to um, discourage, to put so much stress on it. We lose our peace and our stability and our, our confidence in God. Well, this incident here uh, about the immorality, 23,000 people dying basically is from Numbers 25. And in Israel, verse 1 of Numbers 25, Israel remained in the Acacia Grove, and people began to commit harlotry with the women of Moab. And they invited the people to the sacrifices of their gods, and the people ate and bowed down to their gods. So Israel was joined to Baal of Peor, this this Lord of the Flies, this false mm-hmm. god that demanded human mm-hmm. sacrifices, yeah. sexual immorality. The anger of the Lord was roused against Israel. So they've coming out of idolatry mm-hmm. and the, the idolatry of Egypt and the oppression and the idolatry. And so it's easy kind of for them. They already got that affinity. They're oppressed and they, they see these other people and they said, hey, we've got some other we got some, you know, other pagan women here, so we go to their sacrifices. God's upset about it. And then there's one guy that goes ahead and just in front of all Israel, this is the kind of the straw that broke the camel's back as far as God was concerned. He gets this Moabite woman and just in front of everybody says, Hey, look at I got this woman I woman, isn't she cool? Isn't she beautiful? They go have sexual relations together in a tent. Phineas is the guy, he sees this, and he said, uh, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, he's Aaron's grandson, he saw it, he rose from among the congregation, took a javelin in his hand, and went after the man of Israel into the tent, and thrust both of them, both of them through the man, and, the man of Israel and the woman through her body, so the plague was stopped from among the children of Israel. And those who died in the plague were 24,000. So there's a second time. This isn't the same incident as the encampment at the base of uh, Mount Sinai, I don't believe, is it? This was, this is sub, uh, later. This, this is, is later on. But this so again, it so, happened again. So they, and it, what, what for Israel, uh, they, of course, we could say that that was stress related, but it happened to them again and again and well, again. Well, I'll tell you why. It into did the that. idolatry. I'll tell you why. Why did because this Because they were immersed, um, surrounded by idolatry. by idolatry, the paganism, idolatry, the, the heathens, the the pagans, the god were false gods, the the gods of of, of Satan had re, had created a lot of options to the one true God after the garden. The whole world, by the time the the flood was over, and just shortly thereafter, by the time of Babel, the Torah, the whole earth was given over to paganism, mm-hmm. and there was only one. At that point in time, there was no uh, witness of God in the earth, and really, except except and Abraham. Abraham was called by God. He himself was found in the household of Nimrod. I mean, he was his father was working for Nimrod, and and Abraham was born into that pagan idolatrous mess. Mm-hmm. So all of these people, Nimrod's people, had after the Tower of Babel had split in about seventy directions because of the language change. And 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 yet, so this, even up to now, into Moses, Abraham is first, then comes Moses. Into Moses' time, you still have one preserved people 
in the midst of mm-hmm. Egyptian mm-hmm. I, 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 uh, paganism, uh, Moabite, I, all of it is idolatry and heathenism and human sacrifices and Moloch offering their babies to Moloch. Mm-hmm. And, and these guys, these kids, they're just, just new into the, into the world. I mean, they'd been sheltered in slavery, I suppose, in their traditions, and they had some of their, uh, I suppose, of Abraham and Jacob and Joseph's traditions yet to keep them as a distinguished people. But they had no reason or understanding of why they did all these things. They just did them because their fathers did them. And now God is going to show them the why they're going to be doing them. But notice here, not only was sexual immorality a problem, um, and 23,000 fell at that time, we are not to tempt the Lord. And how do we tempt Christ as some of them also tempted him and were destroyed by serpents? Verse 9. Uh, in verse 10. In verse 10, yeah, yeah. They're talking about murmuring as some of them also murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, interesting that murmuring is as big, bad of a sin, basically, as, and gossip, I would say to you, and as judging sexual and, immorality. and sexual immorality. So, you know, we think murmuring, complaining, grumbling is not, is, is fine, is Just a small, it's no, a little thing. No big deal. But you know what? Honestly, what the heart is full of, you guys, what your heart is full of, what my heart is full of, is going to come out of my mouth. And it's scary if you really listen to it. And don't just permit it, but actually listen and learn from your own self what's going on inside of you. That murmuring, that complaining, that negativity, that discouragement is what exactly Satan is using to continue to bring your plot of trouble, recircle, recycle it again upon you. You cannot, we do not have the luxury of complaining and murmuring against God or against others. And, and, and because they're saying here, murmuring, well, where's God? What, why is God letting this happen? This this provokes and brings. They're, they're under stress. They're, they're, that's right. They're, they're under, under tons of stress. And they're thinking, what's going to happen? Things are kind of seem. So to they're be panicking. Uncertain. They're afraid. Yeah, and so they do that. They and, and but they but they judge God. They say, okay, where is God? Moses has been gone 40 days. Where is God? With this God who said he's going to take care of us. Where is so after they can't even take 40 days of stress, 40 days of of. Unsupervised, unsupervised. Yeah. Um, this is this is this is after those forty days. This incident. We're oh, right about in the mob. I got that. But this is but this is um, uh, just an example of. But know. yeah, but no, the murmuring. I think they were murmuring too. If you look at it. Oh in yeah. The where is Moses? Where is he? And then they say, you know, where is God? And then all the and then the Satan has got right there. He's got his you know, his man on the show. And he's got. Yeah, false gods where you can just kind well, of cut loose. So and, it's so easy, 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 yeah. easy. I mean, guys, stop and think how easy it is to slip back into the conversations of the world. Why do why do people get into a lot of things? It's because of stress and boredom. Well, you fear, of, fear. It goes down fear. to fear yeah. because they're okay. afraid they're they're going to somehow be destroyed, or they've got to do something. Yeah. Do something, you know. Yeah, they're afraid, or so they can't bored, sit there and be peaceful. Do something, and you, you talk to a kid, uh, you know, a junior high kid. Oh, what was? Oh, it was so boring. You know, mm-hmm. we're bored. Well, uh, and like, and, really. and on the other side of that coin, we are overstimulated. We're, oh yeah, we have that's s- why people. Oh my goodness! But look at look, <laughs> we're going everywhere now. Oh, oh, here we go. Look, but let, look but. Let me finish this in Corinthians. It's very, very cool. Um, these things happen to them as examples, for they are written for our admonition, on whom the ends of the age have come. And truly, we, ha- we are seeing the end of the age coming here. 
Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. In other words, don't be so cocky, so assured, so confident in yourself. Don't even go there. No temptation in verse 13. I, let me read the, can I read this? Out of the Amplified, sure. Verse, yeah, let me read this from the Amplified. Yep, I'm For sure it's no good. temptation, no trial regarded as enticing to sin, no matter how it comes or where it leads, has overtaken you and laid hold on you that is not common to man, that is no temptation or trial has come to you that is beyond human resistance and that is not adjusted and adapted and belonging to human experience as such uh, and such as a man can bear. But God is faithful to his word and to his compassionate nature that he can be trusted not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength and resistance of resistance and power to endure. But with the temptation, he will always provide a way out, the way out, the means of escape to a landing place Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So, And I'm going to read that now in the New King James because it's a lot less words and sometimes less words are more helpful. Okay. No temptation is overtaking you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. All of that to say this, that God is faithful. I think that's the key phrase in there. God is faithful. Who will be, he's begun the good work. He will complete the good work. He will keep us through the trial and temptation. God is being tested here. You think you're being tested to be smart, be wise, figure it out take the right action steps, whatever, whatever. But it is God who is faithful because sometimes the enemy, the tsunamis come in and you are overwhelmed. How can you be faithful when you can't even stand? But God is not only able to be to, to, to stand and be faithful, he's also able to make a way of escape that we're able to bear it. So God is not going to let Satan push us beyond the point where he can crush us, although he, Satan can surely deceive us into believing we are crushed, we're done, this is it, I'm dead, and, and and so with that, you know, believing that as opposed to believing, well, God's still on the throne. God's still got this thing. We can freak out, get stressed. This is stress and panic to and to the core. But now going back to Mark. Well, before we go oh. back to Mark, and then we get into what, what's going on here with Jesus. Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. I want to read this in the Amplified Bible. I think sometimes more words are better. Sometimes less mm-hmm. words are better. Like you said. These are few more words, but it helps us to understand, just to get, the again, the general picture of, of uh, the times at. in which we are living. Uh, and we are in the last days, okay? Second uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, but understand this, that in the last days will come set in. Not just, just set in. I mean, Settle in. A, it's a mm-hmm. regular... Uh, everyday deal. It's just an everyday. Perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Why? Why was why why are we in such stress? Well, yeah. this pretty well covers it, the whole thing right here. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money, and aroused by inordinate and and an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters. Uh, they will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, 
do we have that in our, we hear that every day among our politicians and so forth. Uh, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be, without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. I mean, nobody's, you know, they can't settle anything, no reconciliation. Uh, they will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers. Boy, this is this is all seems like all we hear on the news for the last two years or so is false accusers, troublemakers, in intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce haters of good, fierce people. Some of the most bu- brutal crimes—they're just unimaginable what we hear on a daily basis. Here on a daily basis. They will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self-conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements, more than and rather than lovers of God. For although they hold a form of piety, true religion, so they got they got you know religion going on with this. They deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people and turn away from them. It seemed like but, that would here, be pretty but, hard to but, but as for you, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, and perseverance. This is Paul addressing the issues you just In read. verse 14. Yes. Yep. But you have carefully followed my doctrine, my ma- the manner of life, what is that? Faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance, persecutions, afflictions, which have happened to me, as Paul is saying, at Antioch and Iconium, what persecutions I have endured, and out of them all the Lord delivered me. This is, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ, Jesus will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. So, so you see, and all Scripture is given by God for inspiration. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped in every good work. I believe part of our deal is not to be distracted by all of the perilous times and the stresses of this world. That's none of our business in some ways anyway. It is completely our business and yet none of our business because we have an anchor. We have a, an admonition. We have, a, we, have re, we have a way of escape. We have the way of escape in all of this. There is only one way of escape. That is Jesus Christ. And it is not just playing with him or talking about him or knowing about him. It is actually allowing him and his spirit to live within us, to, to, to preside over the affairs of our soul, our life. And, and for most people, with, if you can do this, your stress le- uh, levels will decrease considerably, if not completely. Well, the thing is, too, you know, we know that th- this is the atmosphere in which we live in this world. But the point is, is, is you read, Marjorie, verse 14 of Second uh, Timothy 3, but as for you, that's the key thing. You're, okay, we don't have to go there. On. We don't have you to, don't be have to go there. The You're end. living in the midst of this. Right. Hold the things that you have learned and which you've been convinced, knowing from whom you've learned it. In other words, know the Word of God. Yeah. Hold on to the Word of God. 
There's no surprises about how what's what's going on in these days. Oftentimes we're shocked, Almost. and sometimes we're not even shocked anymore by what's going on. But what are we going to do in the midst of all this? But knowing all this, seeing all this, we can be totally pulled in, sucked into oh. doing something, saying something, um, being affected by it when it is, again, you know, the Bible says, think on whatsoever things are pure, lovely, honest, just, and of good report. So many th- times the things we think on, uh, you know, whatsoever a man thinks in his heart, so he is. If you're beginning to think on these things, worry about these things, try to figure these things out, judge these things, pick a side, blah, 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 which obviously we're on the Lord's side. Uh, it begins to create that murmuring and that stress and that distress within us. Like The key is to focus on who you are in Jesus Christ and who he is and what he's doing. And he already said all this stuff was going to happen. So we can actually rejoice and be exceeding glad for great is our reward in heaven. And, and you know, they persecuted the prophets like this. We're of good, in good company. We're on a different track. There is a real life here and there's a lot of fake life. The fake life is what everybody else is all hooked up into. And it's almost shocking and appalling to see how much they make of their fake worlds, whether it's their video games or they're making their money or reading their their books or whatever they're doing, writing their books or, or you know, joining this club or going to this church. There's so much unessential, uh, wasteful use of time and human life on the planet that that's probably the biggest tragedy of all, that people don't spend their time to know their God, seek their God, because it's too foreign to them, because we're all wrapped up in Moloch. We're all wrapped up in, in, in the legalities of this world system. And really, seriously, people, to get out of this world system, even though we have to live here, we have a domicile here, we have to pay taxes here, we have an address here, uh, we're not from here. We're actually from heaven. We're sons and daughters of the the King, the Most High God, Jesus Christ, the the righteous, holy one, the Son of the Creator of all things. And through Jesus Christ, they all consist. Jesus Christ is in control, and God is in heaven and sits on his throne, and he is faithful. But the problem is, okay, how do we stay there? How do we get there? How do we keep in mind that truth while we're living in this very distracted place full of um, trouble and sin? Sometimes we have this idea that we're everything, you know, we're Christians. We're talking about people who are following Christ. We're following Christ. We think it's going to be just easy, you know, and we just confess something and it's yep. going to be fine and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you just know, to, you, know you, you think of Paul. Okay. Some people say, oh, I want to have Paul's anointing. I want to, I'd be I'd like to be able to live like the apostle well, Paul. I don't even think I many said, people really? want that anymore. They don't even know they about Paul's anointing. They don't even think about no. that. They don't even think about the life of Jesus and what he went through. I mean, they, they know him as an imaginary friend, but they don't know him as, as, as a living, powerful savior. Mm-hmm. Here's what Paul says. He says, here's, okay, First Corinthians 4. Uh, 11 through 13. He says, even to the present hour, we are both, we both hunger and thirst. Okay. We don't have enough to eat, don't have enough to drink. We're poorly clothed. You know, we're not, yeah, we have to, too many we're clothes not going in this to the country. Mall every, we're not going to the mall every we have week. Storage we're, sheds we're, for all of our extra we're junk. Beaten. We're beaten and homeless. Yeah. Paul had no storage shed. Jesus didn't either. He says, <laughs> we labor working with our own hands. In other words, we're not just. Feeding off you know, somebody we're, else. We're not just uh, mm-hmm. living with an entitled mentality. Mm-hmm. We're working. We're earning our money. Jesus. We're being reviled. People are cutting us down, you know, 
attacking us verbally constantly, but we still bless them. We're persecuted, but we endure it. We put up with it. Okay. Being defamed, we entreat. Okay. Being defamed, we uh, we encourage. Okay. They, they try to discourage us, but we encourage others. We have been made as the filth of the world, mm-hmm. the offscouring of all things until now. In other words, the word <clears throat> offscouring means yeah. they're the things that you would clean, uh, the clean, the Crud, food crud that you would clean out of your sink drainer. But see, most people don't away. want to think about or go and experience that kind of there. life. I, Man, I want I, a nice, comfortable life. Right. I want my 401k all set up for my retirement. I want to plan a uh, dream my, home. Yeah, I want all uh, this is what I want. And we're so uh, shallow in what we want because all of this stuff is going to pass away anyway, and you're not going to be able to take it with you. The only thing that's going to be you're going to be able to take with you are the relationships and the things that we've done and bestowed or uh, uh, deposited in the kingdom of God. The treasures there are the only ones that are going to be there for us. And many of us have some, and, and many of us have a few, and some of us, a lot of us have none. Nothing is deposited in that in the bank of heaven. But the, the point is, the point is, you know, going back to Jesus and John, John the Baptist's opening statement was repent, um, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus used the exact same words, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They're saying what? Repent, change your mind, stop going this direction. The kingdom of heaven is is here. He says, you know, I was listening to someone the other day, and this is a very interesting point. Uh, Jesus also said, um, when he was casting out demons, he says, if I cast out demons by the finger of God, know that the, the presence of God, the kingdom of God is here. And in the Old Testament, they did all, a lot of the miracles, but they never cast out any demons. So Jesus, here he is. He's just finished his whole life work, you know, all 33 years of it. He's wrapping up. He's, he's at that crisis point in his life. This is it, the crisis point, the, the culmination, the, 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 the way that everything is hinging on what happens in this garden the Garden of Gethsemane, the Garden of, of the Crushing, where he is going to be crushed. His life is going to be given for the the people that he has ministered to, for the people he's come to set free and rescue, the many of them who even actually hated him and still hate him. He was going to lay down his life as the sacrifice, the atonement, the final sacrifice for sin, because he was the only one eligible to do it. And so he had, from the beginning, this for this purpose, was the Son of God manifest for this purpose? He came to destroy the works of the evil one, to destroy the works of Satan. He had to die. He had to die and be resurrected. And this is crazy, but it's big because the, the works of the evil one are so evil and so insidious and so um, so promoted. I mean, Satan has control, had control temporarily of the the world, and every and his dominion was crushing, crushing, crushing all of God's love lovely children, all of God's hopes, all of God's family, although God knew all about it from the very beginning and he was not defeated. But Jesus Christ here had still a free will and he could go forward or he could he could uh, pass out of it, he could swing out of it, he could escape. He, he didn't have to go to the garden that night. He could have went somewhere else. He knew what was going to happen in that garden. Um, he says, but he's still talking to them. He says, um, you know, you're going to stumble but assuredly, um, I'm going to. I'm going to be. I'm going to meet you. He said, "Stay here. Sit here. Pray with me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pray. Sit here a while." And and what they basically did was sat there and fell asleep. And how many of us? He says that what the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, he said he took Peter, James, and John, his, his favorites, maybe. 
and he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. Now, Peter, James, and John were the same ones who'd seen him on the mountain. They went up there, and they fell asleep there, too. It's like overwhelmed, you know, shut down, disabled, can't compute, whatever. It's too well, much. Well, the thing is, yeah, I think sometimes people shut down and everything is so overwhelming. And sometimes blames, I think they're just plain tired. I don't think <laughs> I don't think it was really super relaxing to be following around with Jesus because he's moving all the time. The demons are coming after him. The Pharisees a lot of intense are coming ministry. There's a lot of stress of ministry. So, but let, let's learn from what how Jesus handled this most horrible, stressful time. He said, uh, first, he said, my soul, he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. We can only imagine what that deep distress was about because we know he's already, he's not yet, you know, carried the cross. He's not, not yet been scourged. He's still, he's, you know, understanding these things are going to happen. He knows he's got to go through them. But what is he deeply distressed about at this moment? What do you suppose? Well, I think it's the facing the cross, facing the moment that he had. And, I mean, he, you could say all this stressful. I mean, he'd been, you know, Peter was going to deny him. Judas betrayed him. All that kind of stuff. But just, just facing the cross, facing the separation, the temporary separation from the Father as he, he who knew no sin became sin for us yeah. that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But he, how did Jesus approach this dread? He said, Pray. I'm, he he prays. Okay. How do we approach mm-hmm. stress? If any man is afflicted, let him pray. Pray. So they say, well, pray. You but, know, but sometimes you, the only time people pray is when they are, are when they're in trouble. But you know, if you have, that, he lived in communion with he the was Father. In, he was he was always praying. He was in a constant mode Atmosphere of, of, of conversation he, with the Father. Right, attitude of prayer that was just ongoing. But he, this time, it's a he. He went and he says, "Okay, just stay here." So he said he, he prayed, and I and and he. It talks about where. Um, stay here and watch. He went a little further, verse thirty-five, and fell on the ground and prayed that if if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Now I. Well, can I go back to a second? Oh, he said, "My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death." Stay here and watch. 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 Paul's, uh, Luke said, <clears throat> watch and pray when he's talking about the end in uh, the end of the age. Watch. Watch. Not just stay, you know, stay alert. Stay aw- awake. Stay awake. Be aware of what's going on here. Pay attention. Let the Holy Spirit talk to you people. Let's talk to us about what we need to see, what we're watching for, what we're, you know, you know, being uh, pr- promoted or provoked or uh, talked to about by the Holy Spirit to pray for. For example, you know, when you listen to the news, does the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, okay, pray for this, pray for that, um, pray, th- bind this, loose that. You know, do you get that kind of download from the Holy Spirit sometimes? I actually have been getting a few of those downloads, and it's that's part of the watching being alert, yeah, what is the Lord saying? And it's always the issue. What What is the Lord saying to us? And when you see and observe what's going on, what, God is, what, is, what is God saying to you? Maybe you see a person, you're out in public, you're out in the workplace, you're out in a, a, you're in a your restaurant, car. a store, in your car, and you see something. What, what, what do you closet. see? What do you see? Do you see with the eyes of Jesus? Or do you mm-hmm. say, oh, there's a guy that just tried to run me off the road? Or, yeah, 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 or yeah. there's somebody, oh, there's somebody from another country and... 
they're kind of weird and or do we just see the their as, souls. as Jesus say their their souls yeah, exactly said, yeah he he said because what you see and what you understand um is going to determine a lot about how you're going to act if you're going to mm-hmm. comprehend the deep spiritual uh war battle situations the life and death battles that souls are in you're going to approach things a whole lot differently with a whole lot more love and compassion than if you're just making a surface face value kind of a judgment Mm -hmm. and he said too another thing about watching at first peter uh, chapter 5 verse 8 be sober Mm -hmm. be vigilant okay be be self-controlled be vigilant be watchful Mm mm-hmm why? Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, may devour. devour. Mm-hmm. His goal is to just devour. And Jesus steal, knew that, I believe, destroy. that Satan... Well, actually, Satan did show up in the garden. I'm sure he did. And so Jesus knew that this tempter, the same one who addressed him or attacked him... Uh, all his life. ...confronted him in the wilderness and, yeah, all, all his... All his earthly But life. was going to show up and also was going to be influencing the disciples. And so he wanted them to stay here, stay with me. I think that was kind of cool that he wanted these three to just be with him. I mean, I mean, he didn't. It was nice that he invited them to be with him. That he didn't the fellowship with him to go with him through his suffering. Paul says, "Things the three things he wanted were to know Christ, the fellowship of his suffering, and the power of his of his resurrection." Yeah. And so the fellowship of his suffering here, we're entering in with these guys into the the pain. Um, the stress, the sadness, the grief, the deep grief, the great sorrow of the the king of kings, the, the creator of the universe, who is seeing what has happened to his creation. He has seen them absolutely devastated, and 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 today it's it's a million times worse than what was happening to them back then. There's there's more demons, there's more pressure, but he and he knew that was going to happen too. But he was sad. I mean, he had to see. Everything is messed up. They're filled with the demons. The demons are running in, th- in their bodies. Uh, they're crippled. They're blind. They don't get it. They're hungry. Um, they have nothing to eat. Oh, who's going to take care of them when I'm gone? I mean, all kinds of things probably ran through his head. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another thing, too, is there's a good lesson here for us that when we're going to a time of great stress, what Jesus, Jesus is going through this, in a sense, alone. It's his... Cross. It's his deal. It's his course. Mm-hmm. But he wanted the, the Peter and James and John to be with him there. And I think it's important for us, too, when we're going through times of r- great stress and difficulty, pressure, that we have some people that will stand with us, mm-hmm. stand with us in prayer. And, and, and sometimes people walk you know, alongside and go the second when, mile with abandon you. Abandon mm-hmm. you when you're going through a hard time. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're fair weather friends. But those that will stick with you when you're going through a hard time, that will pray with you, that will talk to you, that will call you or email you or whatever, mm-hmm. um, that is that is very important. That's called and, love. And, and we're, that's love. And mm-hmm. what, what did uh, uh, Galatians, I think it's, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. So fulfill mm-hmm. the law of Christ. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it, it's important for us to be one of the watchfulness uh, aspects of the uh, is to 
be alert to people that are going through a really hard time and really identify them and pray with them, encourage them, talk to them. You might not have all the solution. You probably don't have the solution. You might not be able to just bail them out of their financial predicament or mm-hmm. or, or uh, bail them out of some other situation. But if you can stand with them and pray for them and believe with them for the Lord to come through for them mm-hmm. in whatever way uh, is needed. We might think it's you know needed in one way, but God has got another plan. But just to be able to stand with somebody. Well, you can't live this love life with Jesus Christ and be selfish. You can't be all about me and that's too much and I don't want to get involved and don't ask me to do that. I mean, I, there are times on the other side of the coin, otherwise, other times when it's not good to enable and continue on. There's So you can't say it's always this and never that. Right. There's a time to be loving and kind and, and supportive and there's a time to... Um, you know, as Sometimes pick up a stone, cast let... away a stone. There's a time for both, mm-hmm. and you need to know what time it is. Right now, it's time for them to, you know, strength. Then I think of Moses too when they were in that big battle with the the giants. Um, uh, what was it, Agabation and those guys? That that was it. Her her, her and uh, Joshua was it that had to hold up his hands. Somebody had to hold up oh, his yeah. arms. They were sustaining him because Moses had. You know, when o- Moses said kept his hands up, they won the battle when his hands got tired. Aaron and her. Aaron and her, that's Aaron who it was, because Josh yeah. was out there fighting the battle, I'm sure. Yeah. And so um, they, they 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 figured out it was, we got to strengthen this guy because he's strengthening us. And so, so they were lifting up point. Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. Uh, and he says, now here's the problem, though. If you haven't developed a prayer life with Jesus Christ that's sweet and intimate and and no and resting and peaceful and you know that you know prayer and reading the bible should be places of haven a haven of rest a place of mm-hmm. of refreshing not a duty if it's a duty to you it's you've not yet arrived at the place where it's profitable for you to do it it's still a, it's still a religious effort we need to understand that we are dead to be born again you have to be have died that's the whole point of being born again and to repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, is more than just acquiescence with a lip service. It is an absolute dying to self and being resurrected, brought back to life through Jesus Christ and the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's not, we're not brought back into a new place where now we can keep the commandments perfectly. It's not about keeping the commandments except the one, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength and your neighbors yourself. And then the Bible says, um, all the law is fulfilled in this, that you love one another. So if you're loving one another, read it backwards. You've already loved yourself and you've already loved God because you can't love one another without loving yourself and God first. So loving our neighbors, the final test uh, point of, of whether or not we have truly been, uh, you know, died and can come back to life with Jesus. But here we have a death point. We're not, you know, it's a point where they're going to that Jesus is going to die, that he fell down and he said, he says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. So he's knowing that all things are possible with God. God may, the Father may have come up with another solution to the to the atonement, to the his death on the cross. Maybe God was, this was another Abraham thing where he's just going to test him to the max and then pull it out and say, oh, we got this taken care of. Somebody else came by and paid the bill and you're all set to go. Um, but it wasn't so. With Abraham, there was that last minute um, move of the angel sent by God to stop the, the knife from mm-hmm. killing Isaac. And of course, that's a whole nother story for a whole nother day. But um, 
Jesus said, if it's possible, I mean, is it possible? Did you change your mind? Does anything else come up? All things are possible for you. You could do this another way. But there was no other way that God the Father had determined and Jesus Christ had agreed to, that he would lay down his life for those who had been stolen, uh, kidnapped, hijacked by the enemy. Take this cup away from me. Take this cup away from me. What cup? This cup of horrible death, uh, pain, grief. Uh, nevertheless, but that's the biggest word in the Bible, nevertheless. Not, I, not what I'm saying, not what I want, not what I want to do, but what you want, what's already determined for this day, for this moment. Then he went, he came again and found his, uh, the disciples sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Obviously, he knew he was sleeping. Oh, poor Peter, oh, so tired. Could you not watch one hour? I mean, this is a little bit of a scolding, a little maybe... Maybe Jesus is a little bit disappointed, although not, because he knew this was going to happen. Um, could you not watch one hour? How many times do we? Prayer is not necessarily accomplished with, a, you know, I've got to stay on my knees for an hour. You know, that's the goal. I've got to fast for 40 days. That's the goal. If I don't meet the goal, then I'm nothing. You know, sometimes prayer is as quick as God help me. It yeah. doesn't always have to be on your knees for an hour. But, you know, if you really get pulled into something and you're really involved in it emotionally, spiritually, menti- mentally, uh, you, you will get pretty pulled into it in all a- aspects of your life. It may go, an hour may be very quick. It may seem like five minutes. I don't think many people pray very intensely anymore. I think many people, you know, they throw a, a prayer over their food if they eat, maybe, maybe. And that's the extent of their being holy and sanctified for the week. They maybe pray a prayer or let the pra- the pastor pray a prayer over their head before they leave the church, you know. But that's a that's just ridiculous. It's just not even. It's like it's like you're you're you have a drought in the land for four years and and you get ten literal ten drops of water drop on your on your house on your home on your garden in your garden, and is that going to do anything at all? Really, probably not. It's not quantity. It's intensity and it's meeting hitting the mark. But watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit truly is ready, but the flesh is weak. I think that temptation is a place where we get tired, we get mad, we get bitter. We go back into it doesn't going to work anyway. What's the point? What's the use? God's not there. God's not faithful. I'm going to have to do this myself. I'm disappointed. All of those demon spirits begin to tempt your mind and your heart to pull away from, be distracted from the thing that God is calling us to do. Well, the, this is how Jesus dealt with stress. He, he dealt with this, this, this horrible, and it seems like it's so light to call it even a stressful season, but he prayed. He, he wanted his disciples to be with him, kind of help be with him through that. And he focused, he refocused on the, the purpose that God had for him. He kept his focus right. there. Uh-huh. And, and he said, not what I will, but but what you will. Right. And, and it's not that he was mm-hmm. just resisting the Father, because he did not, you know. Resist. He was not resisting. Never, never rebelled. Never res- not some kind of No sin was rebellion. found, yeah. But I really believe that, it's like, hey, Lord, I want your purpose. He was being very human right here. He was actually asking a very valid question from the human said, okay, God, what's your will? I want your will, but what, what is your will? Did you, is anything changed since I left heaven and decided to come down here and do this? He he wanted, he come, it says in the, I have come in the volume of the book it is written to do thy will, O God. And this is, you know, in, in the book of Luke, it talks about him 
uh, sweating drops, as it were, great drops of blood. Mm-hmm. I think it's called hemodiosis or something like that. I might have the exact word right there. But there, it's known, medically known, that people under huge, huge amounts of stress, the capillaries in their body can break and mingle with their their sweat, the perspiration. Mm. I mean, this this is intense. Like we can't even. No, nobody's no no human being has ever been in the in the intensity. Maybe that Jesus. Well, maybe was. some of them have, have some some, some maybe, have but, suffered I mean, great when physical you think of, pain here, and here's persecution. The deal. He's he's preparing to bear the sins of the whole world. No other human being has bore the sins of the whole world. Well, in another uh, in another ver- um, I which of the Gospels where it says and an angel came and strengthened him. Yes. It's, to me, it's interesting that Satan, um, it, you know, when the capillaries are burst, that's your vessels. That's where your blood vessels and veins turn around. And, it, you know, that's the, the, the blood has to turn around in the fingertips and the toes and blah, blah, blah. And so when those capillaries burst, then you're going to bleed to death. I mean, there's, there's, there's no way that you... So he was already had a lot of internal bleeding going on even before he started being whipped. And then, of course, you have all kinds of bleeding going on. Uh, so he was losing his blood faster than he could make it, that's for sure. And if you lose too much blood, you will just die of... You'll just pass away. You'll, you won't die by being nailed to a cross. You'll die of blood loss. And, and so I believe when the angel came to strengthen him... Um, because he needed strength because his physical body, Satan was hoping to, to just to kill him right there to, without being it being a sacrifice without the, without the cross. without it being a cross. Death, a sac- without the cross wouldn't wouldn't have, wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have so Jesus cross. had to be a perfect God man. He had to be human and he had to be God for this to work. He had to stay faithful to God for this to work. And he had to stay, and it had to be a certain specific type of death to fulfill not only the scriptures, but the, the requirement of the wages in his death and to become the sacrifice lamb. Because all of those lambs that had been sacrificed over and over by the thousands in the Old Testament were simply to signify, to point to this very, man, this very mm-hmm. lamb of God. Mm-hmm. It says Christ in Hebrews chapter 5, Christ, verse 7, Christ in the days of his flesh when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him. I mean, this is this is very intense. This is this is messy. This mm-hmm. is not now I lay me down to sleep kind right, of thing. Right, exactly. Or thank you, Lord, for this or food. We with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death was heard because of his godly fear. Mm-hmm. In verse verses eight and nine, though he was a son yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who believe, who obey him. Yeah. So, and, and uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 5.21, it says, He who knew no sin became sin for us. In other words, the, the aggregate sin of the human race was was cr- laid upon him, crushed upon. It says it pleased the Lord to bruise him, and, and, and to crush him. I mean, there was a crushing in this place, known as the um, oil press. Mm-hmm. This place of refreshing that had been for him and his disciples, Gethsemane, became a crushing for him, uh, a, a crushing for him. Not only a crushing for him, but a crushing for us. 
mm-hmm. that the sin that as he was preparing, basically, this is the this is the um, could we say the final um, release point mm-hmm. to the cross. He he actually prayed the same prayer as he said, three he said times. He, he, came, he prayed the same prayer. Some people say we well, should never say the pray the same prayer twice or something. He prayed it, I think, like three. Well, times. three times, and yeah, it says he that prayed, in Matthew. Believing the same says, thing, if um, if if he says, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Yeah, uh, uh, let your will be done. Um, Verse thirty nine. It says he went away and prayed and spoke the same words. Well, Luke says three times, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, Matthew, and yep. I'm thinking, is it Luke? It must be Luke, where he talks about the angel coming to strengthen him. Luke twenty two. Okay, if you look at around. Uh, 43, 44, I think. Okay. Could you read that? Oh, it says, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground, down to the ground. Um, Let's see. I I don't see it there either. Read further. Uh, But but we know that um, that there was an angel. That must have been in John. There was an angel came, and that angel strengthened strengthened him him, um, because the father had encouraged him. The father had given him the, the grace, the strength to submit to the will of God, which is basically the, the ultimate answer to your prayer is that God, in your stress, in your circumstance right now, you may be in a garden of Gethsemane right now where you're, you're going to die. And, and, maybe, and, and, and maybe that is a good thing. Maybe you're, maybe what's going to happen is going to be a new birth. Maybe it's going to bring you into the revelation of Jesus Christ, um, a transformation. When Jesus died, he was also raised from the dead. And when he was rose from the dead, he rose in a new form, and he had a new body. He was a spiritual uh, a being again. And, and so, but God has to give us in these moments, I'm serious, uh, strength to get through it because our flesh is weak. Yeah, in, in the verses, Luke twenty two forty three. then an angel appeared to him from mm-hmm. heaven, strengthening him. Let's pray right now. Yes, Father, Lord God, for that strengthening. You give us grace. There are some that are listening to this right now that are going through a great time of stress, pressure, crushing, just Jesus. intense, horrible, betrayal of Strengthen friends, them. poverty, them. attack, fic- sickness, up. disease, just being overwhelmed, Lord, but I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will give grace, that you will give strength, that you will give you know angels, whatever you want to do and need to do, friends that come alongside them, uh, give them the strength and grace. You said you would not allow us to have anything beyond what we were able to to endure. But with every temptation you would make you, a, way you have of a way of escape. Maybe the escape is trust and rest and praise, thanksgiving, uh, just releasing. Not my will, but yours be done, Lord, we pray. Encourage for your people. Yes. Amen. Amen. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.